0: Sarah Noor and this is SN Podcast. So in today's episode I wanted to talk about a topic of discussion that has been fortunately on the forefronts of a lot of people's um, minds. Um, This is a topic that I think I've seen over the past couple of years really been pushed and talked about and that topic is mental health. So the topic of mental health for me is something that is um, really interesting. I think I grew up with not really much information on mental health, but fortunately for me, the older I got, um, the more I was able to learn about mental health. And now, being learning um, about the things I'm learning in university and being a neuroscience major um, and loving psychology, I was really able to learn a lot about um, mental health um, and the stigma around mental health. And so... I wanted to come in today with a specific type of perspective or viewpoint on mental health. And that is from the immigrant experience. Um, I can say on my behalf, I'm coming from, you know, being a child of immigrants, being a child, being born and raised in one society and having my parents and family members um, being from another. And I can, I think, pretty much say for most of the people that I have surrounded myself with, with the same dilemma. having our parents and old elder relatives, um, coming from a different perspective than us. And it's topics such as mental health, um, that can become a little bit, um, hard to talk about, um, with those people. And I think for a long time, we kind of blamed it on them where, you know, they don't want to understand, they don't want to listen, stuff like that, which I can, you know, completely understand and see that point of view but I think it's also really important that in order to teach you have to learn from that person know their perspective and know their way of thinking and I think sometimes we kind of miss that miss the opportunity to really understand where they're coming from and so I kind of have been doing that been talking to some relatives and stuff like that and seeing where their stance on things such as mental health is um, and then also just looking at it at a broader um, societal perspectives, how different societies handle things such as mental health. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of an overview of what we'll um, hopefully be talking about today. Um, I wanted to first start off by um, defining what mental health is exactly um, so we can have kind of a foundation. You know, we can start off at the same page. So, according to Merriam-Webster the definition of mental health is healthcare dealing with the promotion and improvement of mental health and treatment of mental illness. Basing that definition, I'm using that definition as our foundation. Um, That's basically, you know, what mental health means. And so as I said before, talking about the concept of mental health, um, especially in communities where talking about such thing isn't really a a custom, it's Pretty interesting to see the reactions, and you know I can only speak from my from my perspective, of course. And me coming from you know being having so having a Somali background and being a part of the Somali diaspora and seeing how you know when I go back to Somalia or talk to relatives, um, elder relatives about mental health and seeing you know their reaction towards it, it's quite interesting. And this kind of leads to the overall. Concept I was referring to earlier about you know the immigrant experience of mental health and how that can affect um, children like us. And in a sense, I really kind of applaud um, the Western world um, for huge advancements in mental health and really advocating, especially I can say in the past couple of years or so, really advocating for um, mental health. And of course, that doesn't mean that it's perfect. There are still so many things um, that could be changed and needed. But kind of, um, I would say, maybe having a stepping up in um, this discussion area. So children like me who have been raised in a society where um, talking about mental health is, is, has become easier and it's kind of a no-brainer. Like, of course, you know, people struggle with mental health. Of course, mental health should be as important as physical um, illnesses. But not all people obviously uh, feel that way. And there are some communities um, that that still don't, I would say, fully quite understand um, that concept. And there's a lot of also negative um, connotations with mental illness in societies. And I could say for me, you know, in the Somali culture, at least the, the Somali culture that I've seen around me, looking at, you know, the words that people use, you know, there's no such thing as, you know, mental illness. Um, at least from what I know in the smile language, the only word that I hear people use in referring to mental illness is saying that that person is crazy. Um, crazy. You know, that's that's the term people use. And I can, I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of other cultures maybe use the same type of jargon. Um, to, to refer to mental illnesses and, you know, oh, he's not okay. And there's al- always a negative, um, obviously a negative stereotype with them. Oh, they're crazy, they're not fine, they're not really there, um, those types of words. And obviously those can have a huge detrimental effect on on people who suffer with mental illness. And I think as, you know, people in my generation, you know, as we are learning from our, Parents' mistakes, our families' mistakes, our culture's mistakes. You know, we have, I think, not only the the opportunity but the right and to to change such things and and really educate um, those people in our communities who still think that way that mental health and mental illnesses is, is a choice um, when it's clearly clearly not. One of the conversations that really kind of sparked me to do an episode on this is I guess I would say a couple weeks ago I was having a conversation with a family a family member and we were having a casual conversation about mental health and talking about the stigmatism specifically in the Somali community and you know this family member continued to you know you know we were like having a, a a fruitful discussion about it and this family member continued to kind of point out that maybe um the reasoning why you know specifically somali Somali people and you know my parents generation elder um aren't really as accepting of mental health is because they're too busy trying to survive like in somalia they're too busy trying to survive um in comparison to people who are living in the western world um survival or like you know, putting food on your plate isn't as big of a deal. It is more now of a higher societal problem that there are still places in the world where, you know, thinking and worrying about things such as mental health isn't as important as other things such as means of survival. And something about having that conversation, one, I never really thought about mental health in that view. Um, and I'm not saying I necessarily agree with that um, statement. It was something that made me think. And I was like, well that's, you know, an interesting perspective that I'd never really thought about. And so then I, you know, continued to really think on what does that really mean? Is this an actual um, legitimate response to why certain communities aren't as accepting as others? Is this really true? That statement where communities don't think about mental health because it's not a priority, that you know, your physical body and being able to nourish yourself is. Can we still use that as an excuse today in 2020? So my answer to that is I don't know. I mean part of me agrees in a sense um, where that understanding can come from. But then part of me can be like, Well, there's still people here in the United States, if we're looking for example who, you know, not everyone is rich, clearly, but mental health is still a thing, right? Um, and so, I don't know, I, I do have internal battles with this concept, but it did make me think, and it actually reminded me of a lesson mm-hmm. um, that I was learning in my psychology class, and that it was about how other communities, um, how mental health affects other communities um, and other cultures specifically. And I remember reading this in my textbook and being really shocked by this, um, information that in other areas, I don't really remember exactly, but I think he was talking about Asian cultures and how like, uh, East Asian cultures and how mental health can manifest itself in uh, physical illnesses. For example, um, if there was someone who had, um, chronic anxiety, um, instead of you know, having those stereotypical kind of feelings of anxiety that we kind of register with today, that person may have chronic back pain or chronic arm pain. Um, And there's nothing that they can do to fix it. There's no really like physical diagnosis. They just have chronic, you know, limb pain or pain in a a part of their body. And that is a literal manifestation of anxiety um, on their body. Um, and I've heard of a lot of other people talk about such things. And that's really interesting because now that it has become a physical thing, then those people, you know, I need to go to the doctor. My arm is constantly hurting me. But then the doctor says, well, I don't know what's, what's wrong. Um, you, you know, your arm is completely, you know, fine. There's nothing, there's no nerve damage, nothing of that sort. But then a psychologist might say, or a psychiatrist might say, oh, this might be a manifestation of, of anxiety, um, or, you know, whatever, um. Mental health issues—you may that that person may not know that they're battling with. Um, so that was an interesting point. I remember reading that a couple years ago and being like, "Hmm, that's really that is a really interesting point." And I think maybe that comes that can come back to what we were talking about about how um, maybe you know just because there are some groups who think that mental health shouldn't be as important to them because it's not as um, important as um, survival. Um, Maybe those people go through physical ailments um, that can affect them. You know, we never know. But I thought that was a really interesting point to figure out um, in this whole discussion of the immigrant experience and mental health. With that being said, I do want to also, you know, make it known that in order for us, like I said before, in order for us to truly teach people in our communities Um, you know, if we, if you, you know, people in our communities, those people like me who, who come from a different type of culture, a different type of community and really, you know, start talking about issues of mental health. I think, as I said before, the first, you know, one of the first things we can do, one of the first teaching methods is erasing the words, right? Words can have huge effects. We've heard that a lot, right? Words can kill. Words can kill. Um, and so, like I said before, you, trying to erase such words like "oh, crazy," that person's just crazy. And so my the word is wall or me mihe," like he's crazy. Um, erasing terms such as the, such as this, I think, is really, really, really important. I think that's also a, an an important step. Is you know, if let's say, for example, you hear someone you know refer to someone who's battling with depression or battling with. Um, some type of a uh, mental illness um it's, you know if you see someone dismissing them be like oh they're just crazy you know address that be like you know what no aunt that that person isn't crazy this person's actually going through something and I think um kind of a little bit of a tangent maybe a reason why um people don't think mental illness is such a thing and I can be guilty of this this type of thinking you know as a young age you know before I was really educated about what mental health really is, is that people would say, you know, it's not, it's not a thing because it's not real. You can't see depression in a sense. You can see the behavioral symptoms of depression, but you can't really see what's going on in that person's brain. And I think that is, I don't want to, I want to make it clear that I'm not using that as an excuse for people, but I can see, these are, these are all things that I've heard people say to me, or I've heard people talk about in other things that I've been listening to, is that just because we can't see mental illnesses doesn't mean it's not real, of course, right? I mean, that's how the whole, you know, discussion of psychology came about. For a long time, psychology wasn't considered a science because it you can't really see diseases in the brain, you know? Like, you can't really see schizophrenia like you can see a broken limb, right? You can't really see depression. And I think that is also an important thing to teach, right? Your brain is one of the most important organs in our body. This is this is the center of our living, you know. Our brain is just as important as our heart is, right? We need both to survive. And just like you may have heart problems and you take medication for it, let's say if you have high blood pressure or, or you have an anomaly in your heart, you take the necessary precautions to prevent any damage to such an important organ as your heart. And we need to you do the same for our brain. Our brain is just as important as our, as our heart is. We need that to survive. And you also need to protect your brain from certain illnesses. And let's say if you um, have depression, we need to take the certain medications or preventative measures um, to not let that take over our lives and, you know, destroy people. So it's the same, you know, also, you know, one of the biggest things we can do is to teach and to use those things as I just did right now. I just compared, you know, my heart to my brain. When talking to people people like that and using those as examples, I think that's really important as well um, to do that. So, yeah, that can be, I think, a huge way of teaching or starting a, a discussion on mental health is being like, well, you need your brain to survive. Um, so you want to do whatever you can do to prevent any damage to your brain right is so monumental obviously in our lives um and not just like you know the physical organ of the brain itself um and the biologies of it but your mind your our consciousness um our ways of thinking um and how honestly if you really think about it it is a driver of our everyday lives, of course, like, of course it is, but if you really honestly think about it, your mind is the first thing someone sees when they look at you, no one looks at your heart, no one looks at your pancreas, they look at your brain, they look at your mind, your perspective, your views on things, um, and can you imagine how terrible, um, it is to, to have, you know, that one part of you, um, hurt, You know, be hurting. You know, you can do nothing about it. You know, not talk about it. You know, talk about your struggles and um, your thoughts. Because I can have a liver problem and not know about it for years. But if I have a mental health issue, I can be stuck in a rut, in a hole that I can't get myself out of. And that is something that I live with every day. You know, it's not as easy to ignore. It can be for some people, and I think that's also another reason why people... I think also the labeling thing has a huge impact on that too. For some people who may... There are people probably who have gone through this world um, who may have battled with anxiety, panic disorders, depression, and not even know it and think that everyone's going through that because they don't have that label of depression and stuff like that. And I I think that can be said for a lot of different cultures... That the term, the label, is what's making people upset. The label of depression. Oh, I don't have depression. I just get sad sometimes. Or I don't have anxiety. I just, I'm just a worried person. That's just who I am. I think that's. If we were, um, in my opinion, if we really were to go to the root cause, I think that's also one of the things, is the label of it. Because once, once you label something, of course, inevitably, in a weird way, it's real, right? Once I say something, like once I fully label myself as something or been labeled or diagnosed, right? Let's say, for example, your whole life you were like, oh, this is weird lump on my chest. Um, I don't know what it is. I'm just going to keep going through my life whatever. But then, you know, maybe just it starts to hurt you. And you go to the hospital and that doctor diagnoses you, oh, you have cancer. That diagnosis Diagnosis diagnoses are basically labeling, right? That your doctor, your physician has given you a label of what's wrong with you. Oh, you have cancer. That's your label right there. Now it's real. Oh my gosh, now there's actually something wrong with you. Before you kind of knew but not really knew. Like you were like, maybe something's wrong, I'm not quite sure. It's the same thing here. Someone might be battling with, you know, depression being, you know, having all the symptoms that we connect with depression, but not Having that label of oh, I was depressed, and I think that also can tie in with, you know, diagnosing someone with mental illness. I think a lot of people connect that with weakness, like oh, you're weak that you've been diagnosed, like you're you are now a weak person because you've been diagnosed with mental illness, and I think maybe a lot of other communities may might feel that way, Um, and I I can I can see I can see people connecting those dots of like oh you're you're weak because you're you have a mental illness or something wrong with your brain like you're weak for having that and that's clearly not true no one no one chooses to have depression no one chooses to have you know anxiety panic um disorders no one chooses to be bipolar no one chooses to have these types of things same as no one chose no one chose to have you know no one ever chooses to have um cancer no one chooses to have um other physical Mm ailments happen to them so I think we have to really when we're really talk to, you know, our community members about this, we have to really deconstruct um, not only their opinions and their viewpoints and their perspectives, but deconstruct it in a way where they can they can also see how how negative their perspective is. And I think obviously one of the also the biggest teaching things that we can do as people or, you know, a new generation is, it's also our way of approach. If you're going to approach someone and talk to them about mental illness, especially when that person may, one, not actually really have much information on it, and two, have a false, false thinking of, uh, of of mental health, coming at them in a um, negative, almost combative way is clearly not going to do anything. You can't yell at someone, you can't yell at someone to understand, you know, you have to really be we have to really be smart in the way that we approach um, our parents, or elders, and talking about mental health and um, be as informative as possible. You know, having, for us, you know, keep informing ourselves on on, on mental health and the issues of mental health and treatments of mental health. And um, I really think those are uh, amazing tools that we can use um, to our advantage when it comes to this um, because you know, the topic of mental health is not going to go away. You know, I don't ever think it's going to go away. I think this discussion, I think, is going to keep bringing up. And I think especially, you know, my generation, we have to step up. And I think we, I, I, I've seen us step up. But we have to continue to step up and rise and continue to teach and educate our older generations who might not have had, you know, that same experience with, with mental health and, and continue to learn and understand. I think if by the end of this, something the, the takeaways I would like you to understand is one, in order to teach, you have to learn, right? In order to teach someone about something, you have to know what they already know about that topic, right? I can't expect you to know everything that I know if I don't know where you are right now. Like what level are you on? What do you know about mental health? What are, you, what are your perspective on it? Know their perspective first. From that perspective, build on what you can help um, teach them. Um, two is deconstruct, right? Understand their perspective and then deconstruct to the reasons of why they might think that way. And use those reasons of, 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 of why they might think that way and, and use it, twist it so they can see um, the wrongness in those things. Like for example, that comparison I used of how important your brain is as an organ, right? Compared to your heart, you need both to survive You need to prevent both from damage, from diseases, correct? So you need to do what you do for your heart, for your brain, things like that. Two is to not be combative when talking to someone about this. Yes, it is so easy for us. Of course, for, you know, I would say majority of my generation, of course, mental health is a no-brainer. Of course, it's almost like a dumb moment. Like, of course, it's, you know, a real thing. Mental health is a real issue that's killing, you know, killing millions of people. Um, hurting millions of people, but, you know, there are people who might not think that same way, and so not getting frustrated and not, you know, yelling at them, um, being combative is, I think, also a huge thing. A third thing is the first first thing we can do, the most, I think, tangible thing we can do is prevent people from saying words, uh, detrimental words like crazy, um, like saying also the R word, not having people say that um, because it's, it's detrimental it's it doesn't help and not just also that kind of deals with the the last point i said it's not also being combative just don't yell being don't yell at someone and say oh my gosh don't say the r word you know be like you know don't say this word because of this and this and that don't say create don't refer to someone as being crazy rather and then te- and then you know use that as a stepping to the goal but don't you know don't say this because of this and this and this and this is the reasons why i don't think you know we should use that in our vocabulary this is clearly you know an ongoing thing for me personally learning more and 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 seeing what I can do um me I mean I hope this episode can be um if you're listening to this can be kind of a stepping stone for you to you know understand what's going on not only understand but like also use this as kind of a sparking moment to maybe um talk about this in future reference you know i can talk about this for (laughs) ages right so this is maybe this might be a part one series and you know i could have continued series of talking about this this is a huge topic of course and this even this specific lens of um talking to you know the immigrant experience of on mental health is also a huge topic in itself and um i of course know that i did not cover everything there's so many things that i probably missed um that um i maybe hope to talk about more in a later in a later time but um i'll have this be a discussion a a, a number one an intro to this to this conversation and if you know people would like to hear maybe i would maybe hopefully in the future have other um people guests be on here and talking about this conversation with me um because there's obviously multiple multiple perspectives in a perspective of course. Um, and I did um, generalize a lot. Not, of course, not all um, immigrants, not all cultures feel view mental health like this, of course. And I understand that and I know that. And I also, also obviously know the Western world, Western societies have a lot of issues with mental health as well. They're not perfect in, in, in any way, shape, or form. There's still a lot of people in Western societies who are suffering with mental health and not getting the, that, the help that they need. And that is also a huge issue. So in all of that to say, those are some of the thoughts that I have, this is a huge topic, and but I do hope that you can come out of this with a little bit more knowledge and interesting perspective of the immigrant experience and mental health. And I really do hope to continue this conversation because it really is, a, uh, I think, not only is it a really interesting one, but a really important one to start a dialogue with, especially people who kind of come from the same background as me, you know, having... You know, rooted in, in in a different culture, having roots in a different culture. This is a great conversation starter, and I really hope that conversations like conversations like this can continue on and be fruitful and be, you know, a teaching, a teaching method um, to teach you know people in our elder generations. Uh, yeah, and I really enjoyed honestly talking about this stuff. This is something that really gets me excited. Um, gets me intellectually stimulated but yeah thank you guys for listening i will see you guys next week if you have any comments any things please you can follow me on instagram it's s.npodcast and i'll see you guys next week